Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Defining Your Legacy Day One. You got Katherine Chapman, you got Shakira Moran, and we are here to talk about finances, but yes, <laughs> not just finances. We're not just going to talk. We're actually going to give you some actionable steps mm -hmm. that you can take. Yes. And Shakira, do you want to tell us what day one topic is? So day one is all about income. So we're going to be covering so many things about income to help you define your legacy. So let's just go over what we're going to, what to expect for this whole week. So my name is Shakira Moran. I'm a financial coach and life insurance agent. Uh, Catherine, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, Catherine Chapman. I'm also a financial coach, but I deal more on the financial wellness side. Yeah. So you get two of the boat. You get two of the best of the worlds here tonight. Well, the whole week you get us every single night. We're going to be covering different topics about defining your legacy. Um, tonight is all about income. Um, so what's before we get into that, I just want to go over what you should expect from this challenge. So this challenge, like Catherine said, is all going to be about actionable steps that you can start taking now. And what happens so, so often is that people get a lot of information and they don't know how to apply it. So this week, we're going to hone down on ways that you can start right now executing of everything we're teaching you. It's going to be a fun week packed with laughs, um, finances, everything you could think of. We're going to make it super easy for you so that you can define your legacy and create wealth for your family. Um, so I'll kick it off, starting off with income. So I just want to break it down what income actually is, because as I was growing up, I just thought about income, income, income. But there's actually um, and then I confuse income with wealth. And I always thought if your income was your wealth or your wealth was your income. But I learned later on in life, thankfully, that there are two separate different concepts. So before we get into income, I just want to break down what those two concepts are, because those are going to be key in you defining your legacy. You have to understand income is income and wealth is wealth. And the best way that I got it explained to me was through a podcast I listened to with Dr. Boyce Watkins. And how he explained to me was that income, when you look at income, it's like a, a faucet that's constantly running. So you can always have income. You can always keep running and, and flowing. Wealth is if you were to take a cup and put that cup under the faucet and collect some of that water and keep it to the side. So this is what I want everyone to understand that your income, you can always have income, but the wealth is what you need to preserve to keep so it can grow. So um, that that's the, the that's what helped me understand income and wealth, because I feel like before we get into income, we need to break those two terms down, because later on in this challenge, we are going to go over ways that you can build your wealth up because the key is to have to be wealthy. You know, that's the whole key with this whole thing of defining your legacy. Um, so let's just go over, let's see what's next on the list to discuss. Yes, I just wanna add in two cents right mm -hmm. there. Another yeah. thing, when we talk about income, people may not know there's two main types. You have active income and you have passive income. So when we say active, we're talking about a regular W-2 job, you have to physically go to a place or maybe any I would say anything active is that you're trading your time for money. Then on the flip side, we have passive income. And that's typically the money you can make while you sleep, as a lot of um, financial experts have coined. So this is like the people who are um, they're selling ebooks, mm -hmm. they're running classes, things along that line is what we typically see with passive income. But we're going to deep dive into that later. Yes. 
Yes, thanks. That was a great, great add-on. I love that. Yeah. So why are we discussing income? Because as you know, income is very important. It's how we survive, how we pay our bills, buy our needs, you know, pay for our wants. But it's also important that we understand that just having one income is too close to having none. We all um, had some type of um, impact after COVID, when COVID first hit. A lot of people, I know myself personally, I was furloughed for a little bit. And the whole uncertainty of what are you going to do now that your job is no longer in existence scared a lot of people. And that's where this whole thing came out with having multiple streams of income. And this is going to be very important with um, defining your legacy because you need money. <laughs> so having multiple streams of income in case your job is no longer there, because as we all know, no job is guaranteed. Like you can be at a company for, for eons and at drop of a dime, they'll let you go. Like there's no loyalty with it. So it's always important that you set yourself up so that you always have something coming in to take care of your family. And Catherine's going to go through some great um, streams that we can add to our income. Yes. And not just with COVID, mm -hmm. just with the advancements of technology, like in McDonald's, there's usually like what now one person at the register and they yes. have like two mm -hmm. kiosks. And like when I was growing up, there were no kiosks, but now like they encourage it. Like you have to order there. Sometimes there's not even a person up front anymore. So it's just, mm -hmm. you know, having a safety net just in case you're like your position could be eliminated by a robot. You never know. <laughs> Yeah. But yes, let's jump into these seven streams of income, starting with number one, as we talked about earned income. That's your W-2 job. You're trading your time for money. Mm -hmm. Point blank. Number two, most important is business income. I think a lot of people I know they'll just listen to their best friend and be like, baby, you need an LLC. And then you get your LLC, but you're not utilizing it mm -hmm. like did you know that you can get so many tax deductions, how the tax code is written? For like business owners. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the, look, the U.S. government hates single people with kids and people with um, W-2 income. Those are the top two. They are going to tax you as much as you can. You are the backbone of America. But if you have business income, even if you have business losses, like first year in business, you have set up costs, like whether that's advertising, um, just anything, building a website, having to hire like a lawyer to go through your paperwork. All yes. of those are deductions. Mm -hmm. And even if you're the typical person that still works a W-2 and you're like, oh, I owe the business deductions can just knock that out. And now you don't owe anything, even Absolutely. to the point where you may get a little refund. So the tax code is written for business owners. Number three, we have my favorite <laughs> interest income. See it. So interest income, typically this is like from your savings account. Now we will deep dive into this later, but I want you to check what your savings account is earnings because sometimes it's like 0 0.01. That's yes. literally nothing. There yes. are high interest savings accounts that you can transfer your money to, and they will also give you a debit card so you can have access to it if needed. Um, before COVID, there were high interest accounts earning even two to 4%. And like now with COVID, the most I've seen is like 0.7%. Yeah, that's like the most I've seen too. Yeah. 0.7, yes. 0.50. Yeah. 
which is still good compared to 0.01%. My traditional, because I have a couple of high yield and I have my regular with my bank just, you know, for backup. But mm-hmm. that one is 0.02%. So I'll take that 0.50 any day. Exactly. All right. So number four on the list, we have dividend income, my also favorite. This comes from any type of investment you have that will earn you some dividends. So basically, the com- you buy a share in a company, the company is like, here's a little bit back. Now, my favorite thing is that you can take dividends and reinvest them and buy even more shares. That's not your money. You're using the company's money to purchase more. So then now we got that eighth wonder of the world, as they called compounding interest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get acquainted with compound interest. It is amazing. It is your best friend. It is how majority of millionaires have built their wealth is using compounding interest. Number five which everyone can fill in their pockets is rental income. (laughs) Rent has went up so much over the past few years. And some landlords will be like, oh, it's, you know, it's like our rates have went up, which is probably true because real estate is in a bond right now. But yes, rental income is it's where the money is right now. Like studio apartments are like what, 13, 1700, depending yeah, on where you live. It's ridiculous how much rent is, which is another reason why everyone should be owners. Because <laughs> you, you yes. see the profit in it. Yes. And then like the business owners, there's really not a law that tells like, like, um, like uh, apartment managers, just any of them. There's really no law that says you can't charge this amount. Yeah, it's, it's like, really not. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, and then especially with companies coming in and buying out these smaller, like, you know, your mom and pop who used to own an apartment complex, they don't own them anymore. They're coming and getting bought out with cash offers that are probably like, you know, most, yeah, the most money they're ever seeing is like, you got to take it. So yeah, you, you got to, especially mm-hmm. if it's a cash offer, like mm-hmm. someone hands me a check, a blank check, like I'll take the offer too. <laughs> All right. Number six, we have capital gains. So capital gains sometimes get confused with dividends and interest because it's very similar. But capital gains are just the easiest way to keep them separate is that interest is just your money sitting there earning money. Dividends are just the company saying, hey, thank you. I'm giving this back to you. And then your um, capital, well, that was dividends. And then capital gains is just more like just distributions from the company. It's just the company just, there's nothing behind it. They're just like, hey, we made a lot of profit. We're just, we're sharing the wealth. So they're more happy. That's how you can tell that a company is, they're in a good spot because they can give capital gains. Cause see, there's some, depending on what type of investment you have, mm-hmm. you may not give it dividends. Yeah, You may not get capital gains. It just depends on the company, whether, well, which we'll talk all about this on investment day. <laughs> but yes, but just to give you an overview, just like there's different types of investments, whether it's growth or, you know, you want companies that are going to make money and give it back to you. There's just, mm-hmm. just a plethora of things you can invest in. That's why 
people get, they don't know where to start, but we're yeah. going to help you when we yes, get there. We but we're focusing on income. Yes. <laughs> and last but not least, number seven, royalties. I feel like everyone knows royalties because they'll hear about music, um, music mm -hmm. producers and stuff be like, oh, I still get royalties off of this song that was made in the 90s because it's still popular Probably, or yeah. even <laughs> actors and actresses, they'll be like, oh, I'm getting royalties still off of this movie I was in X amount of years ago where they'll ask their fans to like, hey, keep streaming <laughs> so I can get royalties off of this uh, particular song or movie. But yes, out of these seven streams, like if you look at the data, all the surveys that they have done with millionaires, they'll say that, hey, millionaires typically have at least seven streams of income. There's actually more. I've seen 10, but mm -hmm. I like to keep it down to seven because these are the basic ones that practically anyone can do. Because like, I'm a W-2 employee. That's one. I have a business. That's number two. I make investments. Mm -hmm. I have dividend interest mm -hmm. and capital gains income. So I'm well on my way. But there's other people out there, like the importance of this challenge, that may only have one stream of income. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, Shakira, like a lot of people, they lost their jobs. Like mm -hmm. restaurants closed up for months. For months. Some of them are still, some of them are just now, you know, trying to get back, even if they aren't, they're like, you know, that service industry was hit really hard. Yeah, really hard when COVID happened, and some companies were not able to reopen. Some people are still looking for jobs, so it's very important that we we set ourselves up so that we're not depending on one one income. And me personally, I have a business too. I have an LLC. I have a, a full time job, but I know the benefits of having a business. Um, definitely a tax write off. You know, definitely a tax hack. There's so many stuff you can get written off, you know, and legitly get written off. It's not like you like you're scamming, like you really can get written off. And every I feel every business, every family should have a business. Like it's just it's that important that every family creates a business within each other. And we're all very talented. We have skills we can monetize on. So it's only right that we start a family business. So every family after this challenge, I want you guys to start thinking of different businesses your family can have, whether you're great cooks, you're great with party planning. You know, it's just so many things that you can do. Travel agency, family cleaning services. So let's start getting those ideas, those wheels turning, because there are so many benefits that we can have from being business owners. It's very important. Yes. And then here's the cool part. Like once you have like one idea, you can branch out and do 10 other ideas mm -hmm. with that particular thing. Like, for example, someone who does hair, like they went and got their cosmetology license. So, yes, they can do hair. But then here's the next thing. They can host a workshop or a class mm -hmm. to teach someone how to do a particular hairstyle. Yes. Like, or they can make an ebook. Mm -hmm. To tell someone like how, like once you graduate from school, what are the next steps you can take to maximize your money in the first year? Because, you know, a lot of people, when they first start a business, they kind of get in this rut of that. I have to charge low yeah. so that I can build my clientele and then I can raise my prices. And then you may you may lose some of your original clientele and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but it shouldn't be like that. We should just come out and charge like what you're worth because you have the experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Catherine. A lot of people we devalue ourselves because we we feel like the cheaper we are, the more people we can attract and the more companies we get. But 
we have to start believing in ourselves and charging what we're worth right off the bat. You know, we can always offer a discount, you know, to people, but your prices should be what you're worth because you do bring value in anything you do. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, and here's an old phrase that stands true to today. If you're attracting everything, you're attracting nothing. Ah, that's a good one. That's an oldie you goodie. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good phrase. So true. So true. Yeah. So let's, let's jump back a little bit. Let's talk about back to income versus wealth. Cause I feel like that's just ultra important because I notice a lot of people they'll like, let's look at the millionaires like Zuckerberg, Warren mm -hmm. Buffett, yeah. and like they have thousands of dollars in wealth, right? Mm -hmm. But when people, typically when they think about wealth, they're thinking about, I'm buying a new Bugatti, mm -hmm. I got Gucci, I got new Jordans and stuff. And so I just wanna highlight the point that there's a difference between being rich and having wealth. Yes. When we talk about wealth, we're talking about investments. We're talking about these people do not have to trade their time for money anymore. Like they have maybe not the seven streams of income, but they have something that's yes. generating them income each month, like probably each day, just to like how much wealth they have, mm -hmm. like compared to someone who we typically see as rich. Wealth, you can't really see. Rich, you can see. So that's why you see like a lot of um, like celebrities, they're wearing name brand. Mm -hmm. they're, um, they're always decked out because that's their image. That's how they generate their money and such. But a common thing people do not see is that the people who we perceive as rich don't have money because yes. they're paying out money to their companies to the people who work with them, the design, the clothes designers, mm -hmm. like they're just paying out so much money. So then you'll see like all these celebrities, like what, within five to seven years, nope. they're claiming bankruptcy. Broke. And my, but my favorite is 50 Cent because he said his bankruptcy was strategic. And it was. So, <laughs> I will forever use that. Like that. <laughs> That Listen, he's, he bounced back from that bankruptcy and it's just like, it's, it's amazing. His record right now, his track record right now. Yes. Like, so it definitely was strategic for him. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the celebrities because we, you know, that's what we grow up and we see and we idolize. Like growing up, I didn't think anyone can be a millionaire unless there was, you know, a rapper or a drug dealer or entertainer or, you know, a white person. But now I'm seeing it and it's because there are some celebrities out there that are flashy, but behind them, they have a lot of investments. And that's that's not, the wealth part is not pushed in our community enough. The message is not out there. Now it's starting to become, you know, coming out when you have, you know, Nas became, you know, a millionaire from the, well, adding more to his net worth with Coinbase. And then you have, you know, Rick Ross and Jay-Z. But growing up, we didn't always saw was flashy, flashy, flashy. So it's like, we have to relearn what what wealth is, what net worth is, what assets are, what liabilities are, because that's that's going to be important and that's really really building wealth, you know, for our families. Yes, because mm -hmm. that's the number one goal of this challenge yeah. for people to build wealth. Like, mm -hmm. life is too short for people to. It's too short for you to go to a nine to five every day for your life, fifty years, and then mm -hmm. retire in your sixties with a little minuscule social security amount. Yes. Because 
And number one rule, never let the government take care of you because they will not take care they of you. They will not take care of you. Yeah. you if, like, yeah, you can qualify for Medicaid if you're in a certain income. Medicare will take care of you a little bit because of your age. But mm -hmm. once you get into like these state run facilities, there yeah. are the quality drops. Like, mm -hmm. and I would just hate for like someone like my parents like having to go into one of those centers where, you know, they're understaffed. There's one person per what, 20 patients. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. especially if like your parent is like, they can't really do daily living tasks and they have to be turned constantly or, you know, even change, you know? Yeah. yeah it, be it becomes a struggle. So yeah, it's very important that we understand what wealth is and that more importantly, we use our income to help what they say, purchase more assets to help us build our wealth even more. Because that that's that's what it is to me. My nine to five is what's funding my business so that I will be able to, to pass down generational wealth to my children. And I know that term generational wealth gets like used so loosely, but it's just passing down wealth to the next generation. It's, it's just that simple. And wealth could be in diff many different forms. As Catherine said, it could be, you don't really see it. It's just something that's there. Like, when I think of wealth, I think of the Walton family, you know, Walmart, like that, that family was built. That family is like one of the most wealthiest families here. And it started from just, you know, someone working, using their money, buying assets and keeping the ball rolling. So that's, that's really what it's, what it's all about when it rolls down to it. Yes. Like when I think about wealth, man, I and taking it way back. <laughs> I was like, I think like the first like wealthy black family I saw was the Jeffersons. Oh yeah, moving on up. <laughs> yeah, moving on up. Cause he owned, he owned, but he was a business owner. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where he got his money that's from. So that's like the first wealth. But then like, I also grew up watching Good Times with my parents. And then I just remember as a child, I was like, man, like why doesn't Florida get a job? to help out but you know James didn't want her to work mm -hmm. so you know it's just like also oh man that's another thing we didn't talk about like generational yeah because like nowadays you know a two-income household is like kind of required it like is. to survive with just mm -hmm. inflation and just everything nowadays like you know there's some people, there are still some people who are surviving on one income, but like even you, you're a single mom, you have yes. three, kids. three kids, like yeah. you have more than one income though, still just for you. So yeah, if it was just did. you yeah. working your nine to five, like it would kind of be cutting it close That's to tough. each other. Right, right. Listen, some days it's still tough, but, <laughs> <laughs> but right now we're, I'm able to do, you know, do more with having more income. So, um, you know, more, more money rolling in. But yeah, you definitely right now you need two, two incomes and you need multiple streams. You just, the two incomes is still not enough. You need the multiple streams because you, you just can't work to pay the bills. Like that's just that's lame. You have to work, pay your bills and invest. And I think that's where it's like a, um, that's where the gap is where we're not investing enough. And we're going to get into investing later on in the week. But I just want to touch on that real quick. But, um, yes. And then also we're going to get into budgeting and saving. So, my favorite. <laughs> but man, I think that's all I had on my list. Yeah, that's all. So yeah, so this challenge is going on every night for this week. We do have some goodies. So if you drop your email address in the comment section, um, we will be giving out a, do, a 
build your credit organically uh, cheat sheet because I know credit is something that everyone not know, but it's something that everybody needs is to pull to build those credit scores. So I have a we put together a nice cheat sheet for you, but you get it at the end of the challenge. So you got to make sure you drop your um, your email addresses in those comment sections so we can get that to over to you. Yes, and just to highlight that. I love the emphasis on organically yes. because I know there's some people not saying all credit repair mm -hmm. is like this, but there's certain credit repair places that are they're malicious and they're just trying to get money out of you each month. And the only thing they're going to do is just send a letter to the agency and asking them to delete it. Something that you can do yourself. So and something that is not always guaranteed. Yes. That's what we have to understand a letter can be sent to a collection agency or a creditor, but it's not 100% guarantee that they will remove that item. And the reason why we, we named it organically is because I want people to learn how to maintain their credit. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I'm going to throw out some figures here, but the average credit score amongst um, the African-American community, the average is 674 or 77. And that is not a credit score that will get you where you need to be in life because that credit score adds interest rates and you like a risk. So this, this cheat sheet that we created is going to help you raise your credit score so that you can be in the top 700s and you can start, you know, using that to fund your, if you want to start a business, you can use it to fund your business. So it's very important that we pay attention to our credit and not just repair it, but learn how to maintain it because that's what's going to keep us going. Yes. And just to add on to that, like credit score 740 is where you start getting that favorable rate range. So anything below that, they're tacking on to it. Mm -hmm. like, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like Shakira said, make sure you put your emails in the um, box so that we can keep a list of who's attended the challenge and so that you can get this um, ebook that has been worked on so hard. <laughs> yes. All right. And we're going to sign off for tonight. So. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow.